Welcome to this week's episode of the Geek Offensive Podcast. On the show this week, we I guess this is our post-Halloween episode and kind of horror wrap-up. Well, not Perfect. Wrap-up. But uh, Brendan Klein returns to the show, and uh, we're not breaking down a movie this time. We're just shooting the shit about horror, and thank you for coming on. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm so, I apologize in advance for my ill-sounding voice. <laughs> Um, you just had like low sexy voice. You're, oh you're yeah, good. yeah. Just, <laughs> this is this is really the the ASMR version of your podcast. <laughs> um, might be be able to hear the cuff drop that's currently in my mouth. Um, well, I don't have the other fighting my teeth. Or yeah. Something. Well, I don't have the fighting words guys on, so there's no drunk yelling at each other. Um, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but no, I mean, I'm at the point where I'm feeling so much better, but for some reason, your voice sounds like you just filleted a cactus. Yeah. Like so, that's where it's. There's where I'm living right now. But again, thank you for coming aboard and talking about uh, all things horror and your new show. Speaking of which, why don't you go ahead and tell us where we can find you and plug your new projects. You can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brens, on Instagram at The Burning Clem. Um, And you can find my show Scream 101 on Twitter at Scream 101 Pod. And you can find my new show that I produce for the Blumhouse Podcast Network. That show is called Attack of the Queer Wolf. Q-U-E-E-R, wolf, all one word. Um, (laughs) You can find that on Apple Podcasts, um, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, all the other ones. Wherever you get your talking. Ones I've literally never heard of. Pod, (laughs) Apple, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure that's one of them. Um, Well, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram as well at QueerWolfPod. Fantastic. David... Welcome back, first of all. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, it's been a while, man. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> and where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Instagram and Twitter at Superfan Armenta, and you can find me on Facebook at David Armenta. Shout out to Lupus Org, donate to the cause. And if you can, please go out and donate platelets. Uh, you can donate platelets every seven days up to 24 times a year. And if you can, also please donate whole blood. You can donate whole blood every 115 days a year. And uh, today's November 9th, so I want to give a shout out to the veterans. Veterans Day is November twelfth. Yeah. Well, they so by the time this comes out, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and my old man, he served, and so did my grandpa. So yeah, shout out to the and veterans so out there. Our buddy David Boyd. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> yes. And shout out to our very own Mister Boyd. And you can find me on Instagram at Justin Malari and on Twitter at Justin underscore Malari. Geek Offensive has its own social media as well. It's at Geek Offensive on everything. And uh, this show's part of the Geek Say What Network, and they're on social media with the handle at Geek Say What. <laughs> oh, and GeekSayWhat.com. I don't plug the website enough, but if you're not listening to this off a podcast app for some reason, you can go to the website. Um, but yeah, like I said, this show's part of the Geek Say What Network, so big thank you to them for allowing us to do what we do here. Um, we have a few shows uh, attached to the network and a few shows that are on the horizon. So we have uh, Ready, Set, Geek, hosted by Alex Gallet, JPG, Colin Anthony. They're your starting line to geek culture. Uh, geek KO, our twice-a-month trivia podcast, hosted by Justin Madriaga and Ish. And then on the horizon, we have DGIF, Diverse Geeks in Focus, hosted by Gemma Vidal and Alex Gallet. They are going to talk about a lot of uh, much more in-depth issues that uh, actually fall right in line with... I hope you end up on that show at some point. Yeah, I hope so, yeah. too. Yeah, uh, they line up with what uh, Brendan's doing. So um, keep an eye out for that. Hopefully, by the end of the year, it'll be out. Finally, RP Geek Allegories. Uh, JPG will be hosting a show... Sorry, JPG, I forgot the synopsis, but it's him, so it's got to be good, right? Yeah. (laughs) All hail our CEO. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, but yes, you can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or wherever the hell you get your talking. Hmm. Um, Next shout out goes to uh, Wayland Productions, our associate producers who share the equipment with us, share the space with us, and they help us sound great. Find them at wayland.ws and please support their uh, audio drama, Where Live Frontier, now available on Alpha. And final shout out goes out to jordandene.com. That's Jordan, D E N E.com. Uh, they're a geek apparel sponsor based in Brooklyn, New York. They're eco friendly, they help you look nerdy, and if you use the promo code GeekSayWhat, you get 20% off your next purchase. So buy a shirt, you heathens. And again, thank you to Brendan Klein. Thank you so much for coming aboard. This was a lot of fun. We're going to have to have you back for another Sincere Garbage. Yeah, please do. I think that's where I truly shine. Yes, I can't (laughs) wait for that. And uh, we may reveal what movie we're going to do at some point in the show. So listen to the whole thing. (laughs) This was a pleasure, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Wow, okay. My voice is going, so I guess. Okay, yeah, Yeah, we'll get you out of here. Uh, Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe to join the offensive. Cue my music. Well, and thank you for being like. Oh yeah, no worries. But, yeah, for coming on. I know Powering you just got through. over something thank too. Thank you. No, I'm I'm stoic. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm just really impressive and tough and cool. Don't yeah, worry. don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good to finally have you back on. I uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I was it's good tr- to be back. Yeah, I was trying to get you on during October, but that's a busy month for you at Scream oh, One Hundred One, yeah. right? <laughs> It's definitely uh, all of my horror things kind of converge into one nightmarish conglomerate. <laughs> um, actually, oh god, I also wanted to, we we talked about this off air too, but you're wearing the AMPM Monsters T-shirt. Yes, I, I, I don't I don't think that's the politically correct term, um, but his name is Tumgis. Tumgis. Um, okay. Because so I was. W- not even watching TV, I guess watching Hulu or something that had commercials with my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And we saw the Tumgus commercial and we were okay. like, holy shit, what is this monster? It's scary, right? <laughs> yeah, it's this it's this Lovecraftian nightmare made out of like Cheetos and chili and just dripping licorice and it's it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, I um, um yeah, so my part of my day job is we do deal with AMPM and way back when I started we were in like a meeting, just my immediate team, and um, that monster came up in the in the presentation, uh-huh. and I audibly went like, "Oh, <laughs> was that your first exposure?" To yeah, this? I okay. was like, "Oh, yeah. God, no, is it, that was a, that intentional?" It's a reaction of physical revulsion. He's he's the original gritty. Like you've you've seen gritty that uh, hockey gritty. mask. Oh yeah, yeah 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 yeah. Like Tumgus is pretty gritty, horrifying orange he monster is. man. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we were watching this commercial, and I was like. I don't know. I just, I kind of developed like kind of a tight five around Tumgus and how disgusting he is. And then I kind of fell in love with Tumgus and what an <laughs> awful idea it was. So every time we were by an AMPM, because we were going on a road trip kind of around the same time. Mm-hmm. So I, we'd stop in and I'd look for like Tumgus plushies or something because like I kind of want one just because it's so Wait, weird. Are there plushies? No, there's not. Oh. But see, here's the thing. AMPM, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, right. They, they don't have Tumgus anything. <laughs> So what happened is 
I was doing my research because I was like, I need a Tumgis thing. Yeah. So I went on Twitter and I was looking up people talking about Tumgis. And there was a guy who was like, hey, AMPM, is there like any Tumgis merchandise I can get? And they were like, send us your mailing address. And I hopped on that tweet and I was like, can I do the same thing? <laughs> and I did. So they sent me a Tumgis t-shirt for free. Whoa. And this little Polaroid signed by Tungus of Tungus. What does his signature look that like? That is awesome. It's just, you know, it looks like Tungus oh. in cursive. Oh, it's not okay. like as horrifying as you'd think. Oh, he actually um, has good penmanship. Yeah, and I got, <laughs> I got a little letter from AMPM like, thanks for being a fan. Like, share on Twitter and Instagram or whatever. Um, it was pretty great. I really, no plushies wow. still. But good penmanship with a guy with hot dog fingers. Yeah, yeah. no, he, the, clearly he had a, uh, a medium, some sort of uh, a notary public to do the letter <laughs> for him or something. I don't know. Yeah, I he's made of like pretty much anything you can buy at an ampm and let me tell you what none of it's good stuff no even though that's their slogan (laughs) um but yeah that i mean his he looks like my college diet i'll put it that way (laughs) yes yeah (laughs) you just he's just missing like ramen but it's like pure college it's probably on there. I'm sure it's, it's probably. On I, there. I don't want to know what part it is. I, I want to. Yeah, I want to be in that meeting where they said like, "This is what we're gonna go with for the mascot." <laughs> I think they know that it's awful and it's the worst idea, and they're they've just fully embraced it at this point. True, but with anything like that, it goes through like multiple meetings, all these corporate oh, meetings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, it got there. Yeah, like that, like that Super Bowl commercial from. Okay, I'm like so out of date at this point, but that like puppy monkey baby commercial they had, where it was like, whose idea was this? Why did anyone think this was cool or fun or anyone would like it? Yeah, um, but I don't know. I've just really come around on Tomkiss. Oh, <laughs> like I mean, I I am. I'd watch a movie with him. Like I'd definitely oh, check out just I don't to think be I like spend ninety minutes with Tomkiss. I don't know. It's it's one of those things. Like again, a weird concept will always get me. Yeah. No. See. Yeah. No. That's the thing. Because last time you had me on the show it was for Birdemic, um, for your sincere garbage movie. Mm-hmm. Thing. Yeah. And I feel like Tomkiss falls in that category. Yeah. He's the most sincere. The most garbage. <laughs> like literally, he's made of trash. Absolutely. I was there with you on that journey. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a while ago. That was. Your second episode, my second. Episode yeah, you brought on the that show. up earlier, and I was yeah. just like, "Really? Yeah, oh, wow. seems so long ago, right? No, come full circle. And now we got Christmas music already. Oh, oh talk God. about some sincere garbage. Yeah, <laughs> just... no, that's just kind of the sphere I live in in most of my life. Mm-hmm. Just like, not. I mean, not in the hipster ironic way. I hope of like, oh, I'm so much better than this. Yeah, but I was like, this is so weird and strange and such an idea that I could never have come up with. No one ever should have. <laughs> But it's so special that it happened and somebody let it happen. Yeah. I really appreciate that. And not just one, multiple people has to like, okay that. Yeah, exactly. That's so fascinating to me. Yeah. Again, stuff like that will always get me like, how did that happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This podcast brought to you by AMP. <laughs> oh, oh no, not so much. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, like, look, I, I represent your brand. I wear the shirt all the time. So I, I'm, I'm putting in the work. Yeah. <laughs> Where's this check is what he's saying. the words I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah. I mean, okay. Speaking of monsters and stuff, you're uh-huh. a horror aficionado. Yes. This is why we brought you on last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't really get to go into your background too much. And sure. What you, and you, what you uh, or how you even got into podcasting, because you are 
producer host yeah no I, yeah. I i do a lot of podcast stuff um i mean i mean i just i think i actually follow the super fan armenta route of success or success woo, woo. Um, <laughs> just, i get really into something mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not someone who can just sit there and enjoy something i need to like engage with it in some way mm-hmm. um like when i was a kid i loved the animorphs um, oh wow you haven't heard that phrase in a long time <laughs> oh well you should always be thinking about the animorphs <laughs> but no so i was obsessed with the books and i was like i i always kind of need to have a nerdy creative outlet of some kind even if it's totally pointless and just for me mm-hmm. like i when i was a kid i literally i made an excel spreadsheet of all the animorphs and all of the animals that they could turn into Whoa. um like as i was reading through the books because i was like i just want to feel like a part of this in like a way that's more than just reading it yeah um so because i i always want to be like this is probably an obnoxious thing but i always want to be the most knowledgeable person about the things that i love Ooh, okay. Um, no, I mean, that's serious nerd cred right there. Yeah, yeah. but... You, but and you've also, always been like that as a... Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, just thinking about back to the Animorphs thing, mm-hmm. it's like, hell yeah. Like, I'm always, like, full force. I want to know everything. I would, mm-hmm. like, read Wikipedia articles about bands that I like just just for fun. Yeah. Um, And I'm not... I, I at least hope I'm not the type of person who's like the the glasses pushing, like fact spewing, like, like well, um, actually, the truth is you're <laughs> wrong about this. But I just like to be um, a resource, I mm-hmm. guess, for the things that I like and to be able to like spread the gospel of them in a really like thorough way. Yeah. I was like that too for a while when I was a kid it, with, with two different things. One was like Star Wars, like... um ships i used to i I couldn't answer anything now but when i was Uh like in fifth grade i knew everything i knew all the serial numbers i had all the books and godzilla oddly enough back when it was only yeah yeah, when it was only at um when they stopped at 22 movies after godzilla destroyer and it was pre-emmerich godzilla like the 90s yeah that was the peak of it because i was so excited for oh that. okay okay but yeah. so you were into godzilla and then getting into this new movie that it was about to right. come out yeah so i okay. was already into it and then that was like the peak like okay, I okay everything okay. i knew every movie i knew like um this thing these details about the suit i used to know all of that mm-hmm. and so I, I i get where you're coming okay. from with the animorphs thing yeah no so so sorry yeah back to horror and podcasting like i was just saying <laughs> Um, I always want to feel like I'm a part or creative part of the things that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, and God, in sometime in college, I started working in LA. I, I had, I commuted from Long Beach to Universal City, which if you're not local, that doesn't mean anything, but it's a very long way. <laughs> um, sometimes in, in traffic, it would be like a two and a half hour commute, um, one direction. Yeah. And that's um, just part of life you know, out here. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was super rough and I love music, but music started getting really old because mm. there's only so many songs you can fit in your iPod or cause I had like a little iPod shuffle at the time um and they start to repeat and you're like i like this song but i've heard it three times this week already and so that's when i started getting into podcasts um i just downloaded a couple of podcasts i'd never listened to any before but it's like it's just such a good way to spend a commute mm-hmm. they're constantly changing but you're still spending time with people that you like talking about different subjects and like i started with some horror ones and i expanded to 
I, I listen to like dozens of podcasts all the time. Oh, fantastic. Um, including yours. I like it from oh, the whole geek you. umbrella <laughs> of, of uh, Geek Say What. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. no problem. Yeah. So um, um, what is it about horror that interested you? Was that always wow. a thing too? or? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Horror movies, for some reason, I had convinced myself that I was too afraid to watch them for a really long time. But um, it's actually my dad who kind of got me into horror in the first place mm-hmm. because he he uh, he's a pretty avid book collector and he collects like all the first editions of like every novel that Dean Koontz has ever written. Oh, wow. Um, because Dean Koontz is someone who's kind of formative to him. He, he worked at a bookstore that Dean Koontz frequented a lot. So he actually like had a semi-personal relationship with him they're not you know they're not best friends we're not like getting you know money and christmas it's cool that he knows him yeah Yeah. so like he just is very devoted to him and he had me reading coons at a pretty young age Mm -hmm. at an age that made my mom question whether or not i should be reading dean coons (laughs) but then like i mean then i moved on to stephen king at least some of stephen king some of it yeah um like coked at stephen king or like post 80s (laughs) stephen king no, like straight up coked out of Stephen okay. King. Like, I mean, because he says he doesn't remember writing Cujo, and I Which love is Cujo. insane to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, or Dreamcatcher. Oh boy. I, oh yeah, boy. Not that one. Yeah. But um, I mean, I read The Shining in like seventh or eighth grade, nice. and it freaked me out so much. I had to when I <laughs> went to bed at night, I had to put it outside my door so it couldn't hurt me. <laughs> the book? Yeah, the book. Oh wow. It's like, have you ever seen that Friends episode where Joey keeps The Shining in the freezer? Like that was me. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> that's awesome! I mean, not awesome, but it was, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I was super into horror novels because my dad kind of brought them to me, and I found my own way through them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not as knowledgeable about those. I don't really keep up on it, but at least like right. Coons and King, I'm pretty. I was like pretty solid on. Yeah, it's a good base. Yeah. Um. But I was still like, I'm too afraid to watch movies. I'm like, I don't know why <laughs> I thought that. Um, and how old are you at that point? This is like junior high. Okay. Um, and I was so fascinated well, by horror movies. Well, you're still. still a kid at that point. I kind of get it. Yeah. yeah. But like, I mean, I remember reading the Wikipedia plot synopses of movies I thought looked interesting. Like, uh, um, like okay. Orphan or The Grudge or... Orphan's the one with the little girl, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. Um, so I knew the plot twist because I read it on Wikipedia. Yeah, but, that's one I didn't get to either, but same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But... Yeah, so I I always had an interest and kind of a fascination in it, but I didn't start until like the summer before my junior or maybe my yeah my junior year I think mm-hmm. in high school um, because Scream Four was coming out. So yeah, this is 2011. There's four of those. Jesus, yeah, that, you're right. <laughs> that's not a lot if if we're uh, talking oh, horror right, franchises. Yeah, I know. But, um, yeah, so Scream 4 was coming out, and I saw a trailer for that before, like, Source Code or something. Um, <laughs> and I was like, that looks really good. I want to know what that's about. So I watched, this is back when you could still get Netflix DVDs in the mail, and people wouldn't look at you like you were Amish. I actually, I think that's going to be the new standard to see how old you are. Did you ever get Netflix in the mail? Like, uh-huh. yes, I did. I did. <laughs> yeah. I just listened to the, or watched one of the episodes of The Office, and it was like 2006 when they were oh. talking about Netflix, and you can get it in the middle. I was like, oh my God, Netflix right. has been uh-huh. around since 2006. That's how it started. Holy shit. Yeah, I had physical copies of movies sent to my house. It was, oh my it's gosh. a beautiful thing. I yeah. mean, I still, every now and again, I'll sign up for that service again just to get stuff. They still stuff. offer it? Oh, yeah, yeah. they still do. Oh, yeah, you okay. can do that, yeah. 
Yeah, I can, um, it's like yeah. a different site. It's like dvd.netflix.com. Like it's a totally different thing. <laughs> but like when I'm feeling nostalgic and when I have money, I'll sign up for that again. Oh, um, yeah, check that out. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great. Hmm. But yeah, so to prepare for Scream Four, I Netflixed Scream One, Scream Two, Scream Three, mm-hmm. and then obviously those movies are full of references to other horror movies. Uh, so right, right. that summer, I was like, I want to watch all these movies that are referenced in these movies because I really, really liked them. I mean, they're such good. Um, um, like introductory horror movies because mm-hmm. the scream is kind of safe because it is funny but it's still really scary and like yeah. the whodunit element is like kind of pulls you in um so but that summer i watched like all the friday the 13th and all the nightmare on elm streets and like halloween oh, and the blair witch boy, project and i mean at some point you gotta in each of those series you're gonna like this is where it starts to go down <laughs> there's, there's ups and downs there I are ups say. and downs yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think honestly, I think I prefer franchises where the first one isn't far and away the best one. Like Friday the Thirteenth is like that. Well, I mean, that's um, what you want for any franchise. You hope it gets better further along. Sorry. Yeah. No, no yeah. Worries. Sorry, one sec. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. No. You obviously you hope it gets better, but it never does. Yeah. Like, <laughs> look, you can. I love sequels. But mm-hmm. mostly because I love how batshit insane sequels get, like, once you're, like, seven or eight deep. <laughs> um, like, literally, part seven of Friday the 13th is Jason fighting a telekinetic girl. So Whoa, I didn't get that the far. Fu- yeah. Oh, shit. So you're selling me on shit. Like, don't tell me the like, <laughs> no, crazy I, concept. I got to no, see that I now. totally... I mean, okay, the bulk of that movie is boring, but the part where they're, like, fighting in the end is really, really good. Um, but, yeah, so I've I'm always interested in seeing, like, what cash-strapped movie producers who have this franchise are gonna do with it <laughs> and usually it's you know it can generally be mediocre and boring but sometimes there's some really nutso stuff that happens mm-hmm. um so yeah no and i'm always i'm a, tend to be a completist in anything that i do like i have to watch everything like all aspects of this um so yeah th- that's why i was doing that summer i feel like i lost my train of thought um yeah, no, no, like because the Friday the Thirteenth, the first Friday the Thirteenth, isn't the best. Yeah, which leaves a lot of room for the other sequels to improve. From what I remember, he doesn't even like say much in that one. He's kind of more in, he, he, J- like J- in the later movies, he's like, all. Uh, I mean, wait, Friday the Thirteenth or what am I thinking of? You might be thinking of Freddy. <laughs> Nightmare, Freddy Nightmare, Nightmare, yeah, Nightmare Street. Street. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. No, and yeah, I mean, Friday yeah. the Thirteenth, like jason is the iconic killer but he's not even the killer in the first one yeah um, he doesn't even have the mask yet which is crazy no, it's like until like until the third three, movie yeah. yeah um no but so those franchises i think are interesting because every no one has a consistent favorite one mm-hmm. like if you ask like huge horror fans what's your favorite halloween movie they are pretty much obligated to say halloween because like it's the john carpenter movie and it's the classic and yeah. yada 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 but no one says halloween three or some do some but that, that's, that it's having a resurgence really um uh, people have reclaimed it probably too hard because um, <laughs> that movie notoriously does not feature michael myers at all and it's just yeah. a totally different story set on halloween but that story is bonkers is all hell like it's a really fun movie mm-hmm. and people like the crazy horror fans that i'm friends with have just grabbed onto that and are choking it to death with how much they're claiming to love it i feel like, like that's where you're you're crossing over into like hipster territory it's like i was always into that one and that's yeah, kind of like bragging or, rights almost it's kind of <laughs> yeah i don't know it's at least it's having a a rediscovery period mm-hmm. with people looking at it and separate from the franchise which 
if you want to see Michael Myers, you have eight billion opportunities to yeah. do that. Um, the eleventh one just came out, so you know we got we got plenty of opportunities. Did you complete but, that series? Oh yeah, I've, okay. I've seen. It. <laughs> um, but yeah, like once you can separate yourself from a love of the franchise and watch Halloween three, like it is really nice, and but it. It's not a masterpiece. Because from my understanding, they were trying to turn it into an anthology thing, right? It was supposed to be a different thing every movie afterward. Yeah, which I understand why they made part two have Michael Myers in it again, because that movie was such a success, and they had to get Jamie Lee Curtis back, and yada, yada, yada. Of course. But once you do that, you can't then make it an anthology, because that doesn't work. It was clearly such a bad idea, but... Again, or I at like least those. give it like oh no, it did have like a subtitle, didn't it? Yeah, season of the witch. Yeah, I'm just like, uh. <laughs> and then back then there's like no internet, no nothing to like publicize. Like, yo, this is the yeah. direction we're gonna take, or and, no, no, it's uh, like people just saw the like opening and like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go there. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, because I, I, it was pretty confusing. I remember Roger Ebert's review at the time. I don't remember. I wasn't alive, but I've read it. And he literally seems to think that Michael Myers was a character in the first scene who gets killed. And it's like, no, that's just some, some random person. <laughs> but he was like so desperately trying to connect it to the franchise in his brain where he's like, all right, I guess this is what's happening. Yeah. There was no, there was no easy way to explain all that shit back then. No, not oh, so much. There yeah. still isn't, but y- yeah. yeah, to be honest. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I love, you know, crazy go nuts. Mm-hmm movies who's, who's your favorite um well I, I guess out of that group it's all slashers like do you have a favorite out of that crew um i mean i can never go wrong with the jason movie with the friday the 13th mm-hmm. movie because i think that those ones started off at a place that is so trashy and mm-hmm. not you know not artistically viable necessarily <laughs> um that they're all pretty consistent and like you you know what you're getting and it delivers it because the ones that start off super great, like uh, like Nightmare on Elm Street, which I love the original. Mm-hmm. I love a lot of the sequels. See, that's what I was thinking of. Freddy doesn't start off like... He's more in the shadows in that yeah, one. Yeah, he's he's scary and mm-hmm. actually menacing. Yeah. Um, and then the the lows that it reaches are so devastating <laughs> because you know what that franchise can be. Yeah. Um, and look, I will defend some of those movies that people don't like quite as much mm-hmm. but like part five the dream child i think is oh, i didn't see that one an incoherent slapdash mess of a movie yeah i think most of the movies in all of the series i think i got to like two or three and then, then i was out yeah that's probably smart <laughs> not really how i do it but yeah. yeah yeah what do you think of um this is one thing with slasher movies that always get me i'm like why is it they're always slow moving like, how do they always catch up people? Like, I've always wanted to see a movie where it's, like, Michael Myers versus, like, NFL running backs. Just huh. this is- <laughs> No, I mean, I, I mean, first of all, I mean, the reason slasher movies do that is because they're mimicking Halloween. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... Oh, Halloween was the first real yeah. slasher, I guess? Um, Halloween was the movie that more or less more or less ignited the slasher genre Mm -hmm. because you you know you've got you've got psycho in 1960 and then you've got texas chainsaw and black christmas and a lot of 70s stuff leading up to halloween Mm -hmm. but halloween was the movie that was such a success because it was made for so little money and it made such a return on its investment yeah um that people were like oh we can do this (laughs) 
Um, I mean, that wasn't really triggered until Friday the 13th, two years later, made like even, maybe not even more money, but like just a huge cultural phenomenon. Mm -hmm. But everyone saw how much money Friday the 13th was making and saw that Friday the 13th was ripping off Halloween. So they were like, we should also rip off Halloween. Yeah. And so, I mean, those tropes are just because that's what John Carpenter chose to do. But I think in that one, like, obviously, you know, it, it's silly. Like, the killer is moving so slow, but he can still catch <laughs> exactly. up with the people who are running. But I think part of why that's scary is because it's just so easy for him. He doesn't have to chase you. Mm. Like, he can go at his own pace, and he will still murder the hell out of you. It's just inevitable that he's just yeah, going to come and slash your throat. Yeah, it, it's like, have you seen It Follows? It fall. I know of it. I haven't seen. Yeah, it. no. I mean, because that that one's similar. It's a very slow moving monster that mm-hmm. you're constantly outrunning, but it will eventually get to you. Mm. And it's that sense of like the creeping dread of no matter how hard you try, you can succeed in the short term in escaping mm-hmm. this thing, but eventually it will get you. Mm. And it's just that's like hanging over you. Okay, so that okay that device makes a little more sense. I, I mean, since you're more of an aficionado than I am, like, do you notice certain things like that right away now? Um, like trope wise, you mean? Yeah. Or, oh yeah. I mean, especially uh, after Scream came out in 1996. Yeah, that was of, really like self referential yeah, yeah. A, a lot of slasher movies felt the need to do that to be self-referential and mm-hmm. there there have been some good ones since then mm-hmm. but there's not a lot of uh like straight slashers anymore of mm-hmm. like we're just gonna do the formula we're not gonna make jokes about it we're just gonna do it because yeah. scream so thoroughly just ripped it apart yeah but yeah no especially in those early 80s movies i'll, I'll especially see like Oh, this is of the family that's like trying to imitate Psycho still. Mm-hmm. And these are the Halloween ones, and they all have the really simple score that is never as good. Um, then there's like, yeah, you said family. So like Texas Chainsaw, that would be. That was. The family. That one's pretty. That's pre um, Halloween. Yeah. That's one of the ones that was. Because psycho was loosely based on the um ki- the actual real life serial killer mm-hmm. ed gein i'm mm-hmm. not i don't know if yeah, anyone right. knows how to yeah, pronounce yeah. his name um no that, i think that's right okay but ed gein was also the inspiration for leatherface in texas chainsaw and um buffalo bill in silence of the lambs yeah, damn so they, those three kind of have a lot of shared dna there oh, okay so it's not even a, the same writer. It's just like they all kind of saw that and like, we can use that. Yeah. I mean, because Ed Gein was such a, I don't know, a sticking point for the serial killer obsessed culture at the time. Like he's definitely one of the more famous yeah, that's, representatives. Yeah. That's so weird to think about back then kids like back in the eighties and nineties. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there were famous serial killers. That's so strange to me. Like they were celebrities. Like I think. Richard Ramirez got married while he was in prison. And oh, yeah. Charles Manson. So Manson was Charles married. Manson. I was yeah. say Charles Manson. Also, yeah. I mean, yeah. so glad that guy's dead. Yeah. Like, I read Helter Skelter, the book about the murders and the trials. Mm-hmm. Nightmare. Like, Jesus that's. Christ. I'm not usually into true crime stuff because it, it's too real right. for me. I need like, the to fun be, of it's gone. Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah. Um, but I read that book and it is truly harrowing and mm-hmm. creepy and bizarre. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so we we said like uh, there's definitely like slasher movies. Any other ones that stick out to you? I mean, what what's more popular now? I guess. I mean, obviously, like you've got your your haunting stuff. The Conjuring universe uh, is supernatural. Huge, the, yeah. yeah, like we're gonna have the Nun and Annabelle and lots of uh, 
creepy ghosts who are kind of well i guess they're it's more demons than ghosts but they're it's demons doing the things that ghosts do Mm. um and i like them i i watch them and i'll watch any horror movie that's out in Mm. any subgenre yeah i think uh well, the Annabelle thing's creepy because it's a doll. I don't know something about dolls creep me out. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, dolls are fundamentally creepy. Yeah. Because they look like people. I think because the thing is they have eyes. And yeah. eyes can see you. Yeah. And there's just like something deep in your like lizard evolutionary brain where it's like this thing is watching me. Yeah. It can hunt me. It can see me. It's like a weird um, version of the Uncanny Valley. Yeah, no, I I, yeah. I don't think I I think that's exactly what it oh, is. Okay. <laughs> um in in I guess a different way because like this is a thing that so closely resembles a human being but it is not. No, any um it has gone sour. Yeah, any like porcelain doll. I always uh-huh. thought those were so freaky and like my aunt had a bunch of those in her house. I'm like, "Why do you do this?" What is that there are some twisted like relatives that everyone has where it's like why is this your thing (laughs) i mean look everybody has a thing and it is beautiful and it is great yeah but like people who collect those like porcelain cherubs or things like that it's Uh, like i don't know what what like genetic trigger or impulse they have where it's like this is comforting to me yeah like what was going on at the time when they were growing up like that was the in thing i don't know (laughs) like jesus or um i I was gonna say i got an older brother that collects um ceramic clowns oh yeah and i yeah kick him out yeah right (laughs) (laughs) it it always freaks me out i'm like what are you doing he goes like to antique shops and he like buys oh. these clowns and i'm like that's uh, how, yeah that's how no. horror movies start <laughs> you, he you like them because they're scary or does he, he just, just like, loves like clowns like that he, yeah he's really into clowns um and yeah he buys ceramic clowns and i just go yeah i'm i'm not yeah you do your thing we're so far opposite that that just proves oh, it right God. there yeah right no that's that's how a horror movie starts it's oh, like yeah. he buys an antique clown in a antique shop and then it summons you know pennywise the second i don't know uh-huh. <laughs> No, like, I mean, there's a, I guess there's a kind of beautiful earnestness to that of like surface level of like, clowns are funny. I like clowns. I refuse to think about this further. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's where it stops. <laughs> yeah. Or just like that, that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And I, so I, I guess that, that sounded a little insulting and I did not mean it to be. No, you're fine. But, I'd say uh, the same thing to him <laughs> too good, as well. Man. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like. I'm not saying, oh, smart people are afraid of clowns, but it's just uh, like someone who can stop and not like tear themselves away from the initial feeling of like, oh, clown, like, mm-hmm. and actually just like live in that feeling. I wish I could do that. <laughs> yeah. I think the scariest clown I saw was the American Horror Story, uh, the one oh, with yeah. the uh, oh, carnival. Oh, a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one, that one freaked me out. Oh. Um, and it's weird. I I don't know. I don't remember a time ever where I was like cool with clowns. Oh, like I just nothing ever happened to me with a clown either. That's one wow. of those weird ones. It's like no, something about that's not right. Maybe it's Uncanny Valley again. But yeah, well, I mean, for me, I I've I've never had a particular thing with clowns, mm-hmm. but I've always had a thing with those people, like the like at Chuck E. Cheese, like the person in the Chuck E. costume, mm-hmm. or Chuck E. Cheese costume, <laughs> like those big foam heads. Um, I mean, I guess Five Nights at Freddy's is kind of based on that whole. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that was. But huge. 
those are the things that always freaked me out because it's like I know there's a person in you and I know nothing about this person <laughs> and that scares me like it, it's totally like you you don't know what is lurking inside this hulking shell of a weird mouse creature oh that kind of explains it because I have a I have a friend who's the same way she hates that stuff and it's like oh that kind of does explain that it's like yeah what thing is lurking underneath that mask yeah it's like i I know it's something mundane i know it's a Mm. person yeah but i'm afraid of people (laughs) like people are messed up yeah and if if i can't quantify you of like do you look like you might be nice yeah or i mean obviously looks don't define people necessarily but there are some looks that are creepier than others or at least in sense of like yeah, they take off the mask and they have like six eyes. You're like, whoa! <laughs> no, no, no. I, look, people who are born with six eyes are also beautiful. Like, n- no, no disrespect. <laughs> just in the sense of like, I think what scares me the most about people is how they take care of themselves or present themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, if someone just looks so far gone, like they just stopped caring. Yeah, like. Like I can, I can count the rings of how many years you haven't showered and like how many like teeth you have let go away because you don't care. Mm -hmm. It's like, I I cannot predict your actions and I'm not comfortable in the situation. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause you, um, anyone who's that far removed from what we consider normal society, you you can't tell what the fuck they're going to do. Yeah. No, that's the thing that freaks me out. I I don't like things that aren't predictable or at least like. I don't know. I mean, I like movies that aren't predictable. Yeah. But I don't like people where... Well, the person could affect you in real life. Yes, That's, exactly. Yeah, like there's someone there's who stakes could, involved. Yeah, someone who their next action, uh-huh. I don't... I I can't pick from a, even a long list. Mm-hmm. Like, if I, I'm looking at someone in the mall, it's like, I don't know this person. They could do any number of things. They could vomit right now on the floor. Like, I don't know. This isn't an option I have considered in my mind. Mm-hmm. But they're probably not going to pull out a knife and stab me. Right. Like, that's, I can kind of strike that from the list, probably. Mm-hmm. And, but people where that's more of a gray area and more of a question mark, right. I'm like, I'm just going to stay over here. Yeah, I've definitely been through some shady neighborhoods and have seen those people. It's actually kind of sad. I saw, well, obviously I saw more of it in San Francisco when I used oh, to live yeah. up there. And like you'd see some people who... Um, this is going to be, sorry to bring down the mood folks. Um, <laughs> but, uh, people who were just so used to being ignored because a lot of people, mm-hmm. like when people are like trying to ask for change, people just walk oh, straight yeah. by. I'm guilty of it. Um, for, for reasons like such as you described, because you're like, I don't want to get involved. Um, but that has like a weird effect on people. Oh, I can. Yeah. Imagine. When people just, when people are just constantly acting like they're invisible. No, and that that sucks. Yeah, and that's like really tragic. Um, I don't know. It, it's just, it's such a tough thing because I feel like as human beings, like everyone, like we come into the world with like a racial bias mm-hmm. and with a gender bias, or like certain things that society is tried to force us to think of. Like, oh, this person is more likely to act this way, right. and none of that is really true. Mm-hmm. Like oh, men are like this and women are like this and white people are like this, yada, yada, yada. And I work so hard to break free of those types of thought. Mm -hmm. 
um, and I hope I am successful at that. Um, you know, being quote unquote woke or whatever is such yeah. a journey at all times. <laughs> like suddenly a thought will pop into your head and it's like, Oh, I thought got ri- I thought I got rid of all of you. Um, <laughs> cause it's where conditioned to think in a lot of really bad poisonous ways yeah i think i think part of it's definitely social like conditioning like you said yeah and there's probably some deep survival in instinct somewhere in there no no not 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 like yes there is a survival instinct it is Mm -hmm. it, it it is not and should not be tied to things like that Right. Like outward appearance factors in terms of mm-hmm. race, in terms of gender, in terms of whatever. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think it's in terms of how someone is carrying themselves, like yeah. where their eyes are looking. Like, are they focused on something? Mm-hmm. Are they focusing too hard? Are they not focused at all? Yeah. Like, what is their kind of general atmosphere? Right. And there are some nasty atmospheres out oh, there. And like, I'm cool. I'm not involved in this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, back to horror movies. Yeah, anyway. yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, truly, the most frightening thing is just existing in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what that's why horror movies are so fun because you can experience the kind of electric shock, like the roller coaster elements of fear, but it's it's in the box. Yeah, like you are safe from it, mm-hmm. and you can handle it and process it mm-hmm. in your own way mm-hmm. and you can't do that in real life. Yeah, you, you touched on it back when you said you were. Um, getting ready to i think you said it was scream that was like starting to get uh-huh, you back uh-huh. into it so when you finally did sit and watch it like how did you deal with some of your fears because at first you had said you thought you might be too scared for horror movies yeah i i honestly don't know why i ever thought that mm-hmm. like i'm i don't know i mean i'm i'm i wouldn't say i'm particularly like tough and brave or whatever yeah. like i'm scared of a lot of things mm-hmm. um but and like I'll jump in horror movies like they get oh, yeah. me and that's why I like them mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not gonna go into a horror movie and be like oh this can't scare me like, that's the worst person to talk to uh, about any horror movies like shit wasn't scary I'm like shut up yeah man. no like shut open up. yourself especially for yeah. older horror movies you <laughs> cannot approach them that way yeah like you just have to be open to even if the effects are a little silly to like feeling something mm-hmm. Like Nightmare on Elm Street, I love and I think it's incredibly scary. But if you come at it from that perspective, yeah. you're not going to. Yeah, be there's some there's some it. special effects in there that are just, I'll say dated. I'll yes, say there shit. are some yeah. that are beautiful and yeah, elegant, yeah, yeah, yeah. but there are some that are very dated. <laughs> um, uh, but I mean, uh, uh, you kind of touched on it there too. Like I feel like horror movies are the ones that you really do have to open yourself up and go on that ride. Yeah, and I think I think I that's a reason that I like horror so much because it's so physically, emotionally affecting at such an immediate level. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, I mean, if a movie makes me cry and look, a lot of movies make me cry. Guilty. Um, yeah. But I will respect that. I respect that it has elicited an emotion in me, but that's not like a fun one necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> Um, cause horror, it's when they kill the with... dog in any movie, you sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah. That's cheap. Shout out to John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a rough one too. Yeah, it was. That was so protracted and long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, cause, cause the feeling of fear, there's, I mean, there's certain people that are not wired to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for certain people like that rush of endorphins, that adrenaline rush, yeah. it, it, it's a high. 
like it, it it gives you something positive and so that's the the thing that i'm chasing more than sadness or i mean i love you know i love comedy too like yeah. i love laughing and i love the things that are kind of like a spark of electricity right. but no I, I like the way you put that uh it's a high like I'll admit this, like comedy and like obviously comic book movies are my favorite. But and yeah, that, you're that, right. Nothing gives me like a high, like that rush, like a horror movie or yeah, even the bad ones too. If they oh, got yeah. a good scare in it, like th- they got me. Yeah, and I, I mean like I because I love horror and I love comedy, mm-hmm. um, and bad horror movies turn into comedy. Uh, so like yes. either way, if it's a good horror movie, I'll love it. And if it's a terrible horror movie, I'll probably also love it <laughs> unless it's just really boring. Well, yeah. even in Scream though, you get a little bit of both comedy and you get a good yeah, horror right. movie too cuz anything, I mean with Jamie Kennedy and his character, oh, yeah. that was really funny. It was really good. And that's why it's such a good introduction into the horror genre. It feels like uh you're dipping your toe in like a much warmer pool at first and then he can go into like the yeah. colder deep end oh, yeah that's a and good then, way to think about oh, it oh yeah. and then even freddie he had some really good puns himself too i mean he ha- he threw in some good funny lines as well yeah and yes absolutely <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, i made it sound like i had more to say and i don't think i did <laughs> <laughs> um okay so we talked about slashers kind of touched uh-huh. on the demonic stuff so i guess that's what's in now i guess more because I, I think people's rationale became like, well, you can do something about a slasher. Like, yeah. If you just got your no, friends and tackled the guy or something, I think that's what everyone's rationale went to. Yeah. And look, a lot of people are like, oh, I could beat up Jason. And you're wrong. Yeah. But he's a giant. <laughs> like it, th- those things that are, because some people are more scared of the r- things that they feel like could happen in real life. Mm. Um, and some people are more scared of the supernatural. And I am, I don't personally believe in the supernatural Mm -hmm. like ghosts or whatever in real life but as a movie villain they do freak me out because you can't win yeah there's no established protocol for defeating a ghost unless you're peter venkman yeah (laughs) um Um, the slimer keeps popping up so it's true all the time um but yeah like like the fact that you can't win that could either be a, to me that could either be a really good movie or a really bad movie yes you know what I mean because it's like if they can't win what's the point yeah no like because there's always a part in every ghost or haunting movie where they come up with some bullshit reason like we gotta find this sugar bowl and put the ghost <laughs> into it and it will like it loved candy as a kid and we're just gonna like put the lid on and I guess that'll work. That appeases its spirit somehow, I guess. Sure. Yeah, it's just like they make up all kinds of random crap that obviously never works because there's always gonna be a sequel. Yeah. But it's like, well, it, it, it's just, like if it's a vampire, you know how to kill a vampire. You yeah. do the steak thing, you do the sunlight, whatever. Um, but with ghosts, that's not a thing. Yeah, but, you can hopefully break some sort of curse or exorcism something but yeah even those are a long shot um so like i do find that scary sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes i find it really frustrating yeah where it's like especially with because ghosts mostly can't hurt you yeah they can scare you but they can't hurt you and i think that's why a lot of uh movies are turning to demons like uh, the oh, possession yeah yeah, yeah yeah and pose- don't get me started on <laughs> exorcisms and movies oh uh, let's get you started on that because like, this is a long form show <laughs> okay, sure. but like look the exorcist is a great movie yeah that movie 
is I'm not always a huge fan of the slow burn, slow build horror, mm-hmm. but th- that's like a masterpiece of that because mm-hmm. you keep returning to the room with possessed Reagan and it's like, what's she going to do now? Yeah. Like your condition, like whenever it shows you a shot of the door, you're like, I know something's going to go down mm-hmm. in like 20 seconds. Um, and that exorcism scene is this like huge like crescendo of all those emotions and fears and it's very well shot and very strange and unpredictable and it's cool but there everybody has to do an exorcism now yeah there's been eight hundred thousand exorcism movies actually the exorcist has several movies in oh yeah that series too that's i didn't know that for a long time and you're like what (laughs) yeah they're mostly not very good no um but so i mean i was watching the chilling adventures of sabrina on netflix it's the Mm -hmm. new like spooky sabrina show. i started it i got like halfway through the episode not because it was bad Uh but i just i fell asleep yeah it's netflix and that's what it's there for yeah yeah. um but there is an exorcism episode Mm -hmm. and i was watching it and i was like they're doing it well but i'm so tired of exorcisms because it's just shouting the same phrase over and over and over again yeah i was wondered the actual mechanics of that how does chanting the phrase get the thing out of there i mean yeah and like how does doing it harder make it better i guess because they just (laughs) keep screaming louder and louder getting louder as well there's not really an arc to it in any way. Yeah. There's no skill involved. You just got to shout a whole bunch. And the, it's, just, it's not for The me. best one was uh, This Is The End with Seth Rogen and uh-huh. Jonah Hill. Oh, my God. And he, Jonah Hill was possessed. And so they keep saying it to him. And the best part was with Jonah. It was like, does it? Does it? Oh, yeah. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's another. Yeah, I never stopped to think about that. Like, yeah, it is just chanting stuff. Or maybe you're holding up a cross. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it just like, I was like, why did the first time you say it, why is that not working? And why did the last time you say it work? Like, it's, like, there, it's just, there's no, like, r- there's no rules to it mm-hmm. because any movie can just do whatever. Cause, does, yeah, does the demon just get really annoyed or? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just, I, I think it's supposed to be like, through the sheer power of faith, you can build up the whatever, but that that's not really But when Yeah, narrative. when you put it in those terms, it just sounds like, hey, you just chant this thing and the monster goes away. Yeah, that's it's easy. so easy. <laughs> like, why didn't you do this earlier? Yeah, actually, but, yeah. Now the slasher guy doesn't even seem like that easy now like that that would take some physical effort to stop him yeah uh i don't know that's just (laughs) and it's so weird to me because i feel like cinema as a whole has well kind of recently like more faith-based movies have been coming out and like being hits yeah but they're like specifically jesus movies or whatever like we got your god's not dead and you got your i can only imagine Mm -hmm. whatever but like cinema back in the day cinema and christianity were like hand in hand Mm -hmm. like we're looking at all these biblical parables or or like um these huge bible epics like about moses and noah and like you've got your ben-hur the christians being tossed to the lions or whatever and i felt like for a really long time cinema itself was moving away from christianity specifically Mm -hmm. and like religion and faith-based arguments because our country is kind of moving away from that becoming more secular yeah um but kind of accidentally horror has become really christian again well i think because people have like moved away from it now they kind of look at it as something more foreign like how do i put this so the way 
people in the 80s viewed other religions uh-huh. is probably how people view Christianity nowadays. Like, they're maybe. a little more separated I mean, from it, maybe. Prob- probably. I mean, Christianity is still mainstream culture. Yeah, like, it is. But everybody there's knows. definitely more separation, I'd say. Like, yeah, yeah, probably. Or at least more of an of a veil yeah. between, like, living your life and, like, mm-hmm. Christian parables and things yeah. like that. But... I, I, speaking of which, sorry to go oh, yeah. on a tangent. I went, I, I went to Catholic school my whole life. Not, not Catholic anymore. Sorry, folks. <laughs> um, but yeah, there were actually some like creepy like facts I learned about that. Since we were talking about exorcism, I just oh, yeah. randomly remember this. There's a priest in every diocese that's designated for that. Oh, really? Yeah. There's so the... like the priest you're talking to, at whatever. If you're ever at a church for some reason, like, like that guy might be the one for exorcisms. Oh. Like, I'm the DD, the designated demonologist. Exactly. Like, which is, like, was kind of interesting to find out, but I'm like, what is that training like? Like, how do you get picked for that? There's there's a day where it's like, listen, uh, Father Tom. I have we, five we, straws in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> listen, it's, it's a long shot, don't worry, but if we got to exercise a demon from a little kid, uh, it's going to be you. What? <laughs> Wait, I didn't go. To, I didn't study for that. Don't worry about it. It's the luxury. <laughs> it's like you just gotta say a bunch of stuff. It'll be fine. Yeah, they, yeah. The training video is just the exorcist. Like, just just chant this. Have a young priest with you. You'll be fine. Just shout yeah. out these four words and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah it annoys the shit out of the demons. <laughs> yeah, you'll probably die, but the demon will go away. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, but but no, because like demons being the villain in movies again, mm-hmm. they because of the existence because of you know just culture throughout centuries like the way to destroy a demon is through religious biblical christian imagery Mm -hmm. so all of a sudden like the conjuring movies are like weirdly specifically faith-based movies they're hit right now actually right yeah there's like a new one i feel like there's a new one every year or something more like roughly yeah um they have the nun and then uh i think next year is the slender man um, I thought that no, was something it, the, else. The Crooked Man. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the there you go. The man. Crooked Man. Yeah. yeah, that was from Conjuring 2. Uh-huh. So, and then I think they're working on uh, Conjuring 3 as well. With, yes. uh Well, I, I mean, James Wan is just, you know, on a terror. He's hitting with the irons hot. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the he's not directing the new Conjuring. It's the... He hired the guy who's doing that new movie, The Curse of La Llorona, which... Um, I wish looked better than it looks. <laughs> that better be the most scariest movie in the world because my mom and my grandma made the Yodona yeah. the most scariest person I've ever had to deal with. No, yeah, if you wanted to go to sleep, they all they had to say was the it don't if you don't go to sleep the Yodona was going to come and get you. Boom, I'm out. I'm There's sleeping. always some version yeah. of that in like every yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, and just look, all I've ever wanted is a good Yorona movie, <laughs> and no one's ever gonna do it. I don't think. Yeah, I know. It's one of those. Just don't touch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like you, you can't do justice to the like countless childhood nightmares. I guess. Yeah, but <sighs> I'm I so feel sad like there have been movies that have tried to though. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of like direct-to-video ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, called like. I don't know, just dumb stuff. Like, The Whaler <laughs> or whatever. Um, there's also a million Chupacabra movies, which I find hilarious. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, the the folktale of La Llorona is so interesting and so spooky and, mm-hmm. like, atmospheric and interesting. Um, and when I heard they were making, like, a big-budget movie out of it, I was like, hell yeah, give me this crying lady. I'm into it. <laughs> um, but, of course, they have to... <sighs> 
I don't remember the name of the lady who stars in that movie. Oh, Linda Cardellini. They're like, oh. yes, we're going to throw this white lady into like That's Lion. right. Yeah, she's in it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, can we not? I don't need to spend time with this white lady being scared by Mexican people. <laughs> um, that's, that's the I, world I we're living in I think I know right who now. they're that's marketing to thing. at that point. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's just like... This will do great in the South. Everywhere else, though. <laughs> yeah. God, and and I thought I thought horror had figured out that Latin audiences are huge for horror. Mm-hmm. That's why we got Paranormal Activity, the marked ones. Yeah. Which was the like Latino Paranormal Activity, and that movie was great. Yeah, I like that one a lot compared to like the first two. That one, that one really got me. Yeah, that movie's fun and it's scary. I didn't get to the. Th- was that the third one? It's like the f- fourth one. Fourth one. It's the, yeah. Te- it's the fifth one actually. Is it the uh, fifth one? Oh, that's yeah, right. Wow. Because five. Yeah, I got I got into, I got into the first two and then I stopped after that. Yeah, no, look, Paranormal Activity, the first two I like, and then it, the, a lot of people really like part three, but I think they just like it because it's set in the eighties. Because mm. I thought it was really dumb, um, <laughs> or at least like maybe I was just mad because none of the good moments in the trailer ended up in the movie, which is that's the fucking worst. Yeah, thing. Um, but like the main franchise was going pretty steeply downhill, but then they were like, here's, here's the marked ones. And it's mm-hmm. so awesome. Oh, okay. I'm about to check that one out. And that one wasn't really like, um, pushed for marketing. Like you said, I, I mean, I, I feel like it was, I, you know, I, what? I, I like the other first, like the first two I remember like was really pushed hard, but then I don't remember the marked ones was really that like out there. I, I remember seeing a lot of TV spots for it, but I just yeah. kind of like, blocked it out because i'm like ah it's another one that's that's i think that's what i did yeah the only trailer i remember is like um these uh well fuck i don't know there's a political way to say but cholos these cholos were hanging out in the park and then all of a sudden like the body comes out and then they just all scatter oh yeah yeah Yeah, that was Mm -hmm. that was the trailer i always remembered yeah actually they i mean those cultural like latin culture asian culture like the that mysticism and all that it's much more accepted in that so that's why a lot of Mm -hmm. those ghost movies they felt like were um coming out and the, all the remakes were coming out yeah uh, i was actually I, I actually did have like that asian horror phase when i was uh in college this is whew, 2003 2004 it's mm-hmm. a long time ago anyway my roommate was from taiwan and he's the one that said uh, you've got to check this out i'm like really it was the uh juan so the original grudge that movie is very powerfully freaky yeah and what i loved about it was one it was, again it was so far different from what we were seeing here at the time uh-huh. um th- it's filmed everything's very subtle there's no there are jump scares but again they're not overdone yeah no it, it's about like the the scares in the grudge are less about something popping out at you and more about something just being terribly wrong yes like something is there that should not be there mm-hmm. you're taking a shower and there is a hand in your hair yeah and uh basically it just violates every safe spot you can think of yeah like my favorite one is still when she lifts up the blanket and it's not yeah. like she's the american one they made it like so like the ghost was coming uh-huh. at her the japanese one she opens it and the ghost is just laying there looking at her yeah and that was just so much more powerful to me no because yeah it, it's it's messing with the fabric of what you assume is like safe and predictable mm-hmm. and it's just like no this otherworldly uncanny thing is just going to exist and it's going to be so scary yeah um 
no, and that's why, like, region-specific horror films I find super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, just, there's just one from Thailand. It did it did get remade here. I didn't like it. Um, it's called Shudder. Yeah, Kristen Bell was in the remake. Yeah. yeah. The, the original one uh-huh. was far superior. And, and again, it made sense, again, culturally, because, like, uh-huh. that's much more accepted over there. Um, I think Kristen Bell was in the remake of Pulse. I think I was wrong. Never mind. So but, Pulse, it was, no, it was, um... What the fuck's his name? Charlie, Mighty Ducks. Um, oh, I'm not. Oh, Joshua, Joshua Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, so I love Joshua Jackson. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, but in that the American no, yeah, remake. No, I'm not saying that makes yeah, it a good movie. Cause yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the American remake. It for some reason they moved it to Japan, <laughs> and then yeah, they just in, and then just a bunch of white people live there for some reason. Yeah, and you're just like, I that's mean, what they did with the Grudge too. Yeah, I'm like, I I mean, I get it what you're doing, but that is kind of shoehorning it. But yeah, yeah, no, it just th- certain things didn't connect. Yeah, no, but like region specific horror movies are so interesting because, mm-hmm. uh, like, most regional cinemas do not have as much money as Hollywood because they're not yeah. in, as successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but what the people do with what they have and the ways that they can kind of infuse their culture and their I don't know histories and mythologies mm-hmm. into movies is so interesting and it's something you do not get from Hollywood because it's so you know bland and mm-hmm. everything's kind of cookie cutter yeah there yeah. they can play off the fact like like with the how do you say it yeah Llorona. yeah so they could play off of that like oh everyone knows this story about like um well shutter it was like ghosts appearing in photographs yeah exactly like everyone knows about this it's on every magazine out here so it's like let's play off of that yeah yeah yorona weekly <laughs> yeah yeah my favorite <laughs> magazine but no, and and because like, and there, there's not as many people like watching over and trying to control mm-hmm. like what's happening in these movies because there's not like that Hollywood film board constantly being like, you have to put this person in, you have to do this, you can't be too scary, right? And you have to spell everything out and like, yeah, th- this um, is how you're supposed to be. Like, I felt like again going back to Juan, I felt uh-huh. like that was very vague. Everything was told out of order, so it was disorienting on top of it being freaky. Yeah, yeah, that would have never. Uh, it would have never gotten made that way here. No, yeah. and and it, it, it's so interesting. Like speaking, I, I I try to stay up on spe- specifically Mexican horror films, mm-hmm. which can be very hard to find, especially the older ones. Yeah, there's but, as big of a market. I mean, to be honest, this is the first I'm really hearing about it. Oh well, yeah. Of course, I'm the perfect person. Yeah, but no, I I try to stay up on a lot of foreign horror as much as I can, but Mm -hmm. Mexico is particularly interesting to me, especially like speaking as a, as a nation that's so deeply fundamentally Catholic, Mm -hmm. like the horror movies that they make are interact with that in a really interesting way. There's usually a lot of like power structures and authority kind of being subverted. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of ones set in convents and terrible like demonically possessed nuns having sex with each other or whatever. <laughs> oh wow! But, um, <laughs> well, I heard you on Geek KO. Uh, you said that that the scariest movie you ever saw was from uh, or the that one that I love was actually from Spain. Oh okay. Um, okay. It was called Wreck. It's a it's the, if you've heard of Quarantine, it's the movie that uh, Quarantine is the English remake okay, of Wreck. Okay. Oh okay. Um, but yeah, no, that one's great. Unfor- not Mexicans. I'm sad about that. <laughs> <laughs> For this conversation, at least. <laughs> but, like, because ev- ev- just every 
culture has different things that they're afraid of and different ways that they understand the world that they're living in. Mm, yeah. And it's just so interesting to kind of dive into what it is and look at the commonalities between everything mm -hmm. and be like, this is a world that I'm so not a part of and they have so much to say and more people need to experience it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, I think the closest thing I've gotten to Mexican horror was that dude in a, remember devil that Shyamalan? Yeah. I think that was the closest thing I've seen. Okay. Have you ever seen that one? Which one's that one? Devil. It's like, there are like five people trapped in an elevator. Oh yeah. 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 yeah and then the one, yeah, no, no, the security guard is Mexican and he keeps talking about like yeah. his, I think his grandma or something about some like myth. Like, oh, okay. And all these a, little superstitions about the devil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How he, uh, the devil doesn't, um, he works in mysterious ways and how he okay. brought, well, like. Yeah, but devil, there was some dumb scenes in that. Like, one oh, yeah. of the myths was like, oh, if toast lands butter side down, that means the devil's near. I'm like, what? Okay, what? <laughs> I, I haven't I mean, that sounds either. like a dick move. And like, yeah, that sounds like something the devil would do. But I'm like, is that really how he'd, he would announce himself? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or, but like, um,. I, I think that specific type of character you're talking about can yeah. be a problem. Yeah. In the sense of like, oh, they're foreign, so they understand like spirituality yeah. and demons and whatever. Like there's a character in Paranormal Activity too who's like the Mexican nanny who's like, mm -hmm. I know exactly what's happening. I'm yeah. going to sage smudge the house or whatever. Because my land is foreign and full of these demons. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. right. She, <laughs> she, uh, she was like, she's the one that told um, the guy to you need to pass this demon along to the sister yeah exactly yeah. And it, it's like those types of characters in hollywood movies tend to be problematic but like in the like movies produced by the actual cultures themselves tend to understand what they're doing a lot more yeah um my favorite mexican horror movie is called hasta el viento tiene miedo which means even the wind is afraid um an elegant title for yeah, a movie too it's beautiful <laughs> Um, but it's uh, from 1968, mm -hmm. and it's set in an all-girls dormitory school. And mm -hmm. it's it's not as like sexy as that premise sounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's this big tower on campus that they're not allowed to go into because a couple of years ago a student like committed suicide in the tower. Oh, something. it's one of these stories. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and so it's about like them being haunted by the ghost of this girl, or are they, or what's happening? Um, but it's also set in like this re like this really windy storm and so just everything from like the music to the lettering of the credits just kind of evokes wind and it's just it's a really creepy atmospheric movie that i really recommend okay really can you good. find this one like uh, i might have to lend you a copy it, oh, but, um, okay. you can if you if you want to commit you can buy a dvd on amazon okay it's, it's, it's not like streaming anywhere i don't think makes um, sense also don't buy the terrible 2007 remake of it um <sighs> But I highly recommend that one. Anyway, yeah. what else do you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, the thing with remakes is they... <sighs> I, I feel like they come from a good place. Because with any remake, I always feel like there should be something there. Like, the first film should be, like, not good, but there was something there. Yeah, Like, kernel. The Fly was, like, a, a good example. Like, the one from the mm. 50s, it, would, it looked cheesy and, like... It was it's hard to take seriously, but I was like, oh, okay, they like let's redo that one. There's a concept there, and they yeah, they did a great I job actually with it. just watched all the Fly movies for the first time. Yeah, speaking of secret franchises, there are five of those movies. Holy There's shit! Five. Again, I stop it too. I got to stop doing that. Is Jeff Goldblum <laughs> in all of them or what? No, well, I, I'm, I'm including the original '50s ones. Oh, okay. There, there's oh, okay. two sequels to the '50s one, uh -huh. and there's one sequel to the Goldblum one. Okay. 
Um, That's where I got confused. I was just like, wait, there's only no, two. No, no, <laughs> wait, is yeah. Gina Davis in there too? Like, does she raise that fly or uh, or no. that larva? <laughs> she is. She is recast and killed off in the first scene. Oh, of the fly too. Oh, I guess good for that, her. I guess that fixes that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who did they? I feel like I don't remember the person they recast her as, but she was like someone I had known or whatever. I don't have my phone on me, so I can't look it up. <laughs> but oh no, it's just someone who was in Friday Thirteenth Part Eight. Doesn't matter. Got it. Anyway, but. So no, you're totally right because the original fly has a lot of great stuff in it, mm-hmm. but it's it's a little cheesy, and there's like 20 minutes where they're just setting out sugar traps and trying to catch a fly in a net, yeah. basically. Um, and the the remake definitely needs David Cronenberg just yeah getting Cronenberg-y all over the place. It's like it's we're like, just gonna let you do your thing. Yeah, lots of talk <laughs> about transcending the flesh and mm-hmm. it, it's there's definitely a lot that's applied on the skeleton of the fly. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. I was trying to give remakes a shot. But. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of remakes, how did that new Halloween go? Or that's not a that's not a remake. That's that a, sequel, a sequel. Yeah. Which is called Hollow. It's a sequel directly to the uh, first movie. It's just called Hollow. Yeah. D- I, it's I the best not to think about that. One <laughs> um, or even like the Suspiria remake that just came out. That's the um, one I've been meaning to get to. Everyone's been talking about that one, or at least my people, my friends who are like really into film. Uh huh. This is oh, you gotta check this one out. I'm like have, I'll get to it. Have you seen Suspiria, the original? Mm-hmm. No. My advice would be watch that. Got it. And only that. <laughs> oh. I didn't really love the remake. That's a. It's always a shame. But a lot of people did. And okay. So you you know I'm come yeah with, I'm come seeing with your own opinion yeah I'm seeing but, ads for it like all over the damn place I'm like all right I, I gotta check this one out but okay check out the original first yeah absolutely absolutely I mean seeing the remake will not ruin your experience of the original because mm-hmm. the plots are so different okay because there there's barely a plot to the original Suspiria <laughs> it it is just an exercise in how many senses of yours can we brutalize. <laughs> <laughs> like the score is crazy and visually it's just colorful and intense. Was it like from the seventies or something? Yeah, seventy seven. Yeah, I feel like any horror movie in the seventies, it's gonna have that sort of feel to it. Yeah, no, but th- this one is just like it's trying to capture a nightmare in a bottle. Mm. Like it's just trying to sledgehammer your very consciousness with just how much of it there is. Yeah. It was like, we're going to be the biggest movie you've ever seen. <laughs> like, there's just so much happening. Right. I really recommend that one. Okay. And, and definitely going to check that one out. The remake is definitely more subtle. And I think certain aspects of it are so subtle. The filmmakers didn't even notice that it doesn't connect to anything. Yeah. But, um, it's fine. There's a lot of really good stuff in it, but it, it it just didn't speak to me specifically. <laughs> right. But okay, so back to Halloween. Oh yeah. So sure. I mean, okay, that wasn't a remake. It's just it has the same title. That's it. Yeah. But I mean, how how was it? So it skips all of the history um, between Look, as I you're a comic book fan, are you not? Yes. Uh, as a comic book fan, you're probably familiar with the concept of multiple universes. Yes. Um this Halloween does the exact same thing that Halloween H two O did twenty years before. Because she was in that one. T- uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was in that one yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she was in that one, and there was like a bunch of other like actor, like Josh Hartnett was in was that one. Buster oh, Rhymes yeah. in that one. Yeah, yeah, Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes. Oh no, no. LL Cool J was in that one. LL Cool J as a security guard slash aspiring romance novelist. 
This is a great movie. Um, no, but so we got the Halloween movies. Mm-hmm. You skip past three, mm-hmm. um, but we got this this pretty continuing story of Michael Myers from one through six, mm-hmm. um, and like four through six is about Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter because you know they couldn't get her back. Right. So they she was already a star at that point. Yeah, they had her like die in a car crash off screen or something. Um, but then H two O, which was the twentieth anniversary, they got Jamie Lee back. So they were like. Just ignore those other ones. <laughs> like one and two are all that matters. Yeah. And this one is doing the same thing, but it's even ignoring two. It's wow. like we're just a sequel to the original movie. Um, so, yeah, d- absolutely not a remake. Mm-hmm. Although they, you know, they evoke a lot of the same scenes and shots. And okay. Whatever, yeah. God- Godzilla had to do that, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Th- a that, few times, actually. <laughs> it's a pretty twisted chronology, too. Yeah. The, no, no continuity there. Like, it was like Godzilla 1984 which is the one that was made as a direct sequel to the one from 54 and it it's, skipped it's, all these other everyone, ones everyone loves to do that yeah. it, Texas Chainsaw 3D was the same way yeah because um, it's like oh, I guess it's the 6th or 7th one mm-hmm. the numbers get I get real lost on the numbers on that one um, yeah at that point why don't you just I guess maybe they want to avoid the stigma of a remake well I mean because people did like the Texas Chainsaw remake and, yeah but there are enough movies in that continuity because um, it got a prequel and there's a movie that came out last year called Leatherface that was an even I further totally prequel. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I did see ads for that one. Yeah, I mean, that one never made it to theaters. It was like a direct-to-DVD situation. Ah, uh, okay. Um, but Texas Chainsaw 3D is... I'm so confused. Never mind. Um, <laughs> but that one... It's a really... That that franchise specifically... Yeah. Even the like first and second sequels were just like, let's kind of ignore everything and just like have Leatherface and he has like a new family, I guess. Yeah, I wonder and, what the deal is with continuity and like why it <sighs> hits one. these films. <laughs> well, I mean, because it, it's so difficult to keep making like non-supernatural horror movies in a franchise. Because like... Freddy can live forever. Freddy's mm-hmm. a dream demon. Yeah. Um, and you can put a lot of makeup on Robert Englund so you don't see how much he has aged. Yeah. Um, but the concept of like Michael Myers, the killer, the Michael Myers is like 60 years old in this new movie. Mm-hmm. Be- and you can't keep making Halloween movies cause he's going to be 80 and 90. Yeah. And, Soon you're gonna have like a hundred and fifty year old killer, yeah, and that just doesn't really. And then you'd have to make work. him either some demon or some weird mutant or something. Yeah, you exactly. have to do something really strange with him. Yeah, or they um, they've done some strange things with Michael Myers. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's it's difficult. So I think a lot of people for like special anniversary horror movies are like, let's not even try to contend with these sequels and per- like make a coherent franchise out of it because they haven't even done a good job of that. Yeah. So let's just restart, retool, go back to the original, make a sequel to that, and maybe we can do something else later. <laughs> yeah, I, I think... Like, while we still have the living actors, let's do something with them. Oh, yeah, that's part, probably part of it, too. Like, let's get something fun in with the, the old cast. Yeah, and you can't not have Jamie Lee Curtis. Exactly. You know, I, mean, I mean, they have, but... but she looks phenomenal. She oh, yeah, did, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. She's, oh, yeah, I saw... Yeah, she looked any, really I, good. I haven't seen yeah. it, but, yeah. No, she looked really good. But you know what got me or caught me off guard was that, you know, obviously Mike Myers is old, but his mask was like old too. It oh, looked yeah. like. <laughs> no, that was supposedly like the original mask from that night in 78. So there's yeah, no so, way the original mask lasted that long. Oh, it, <laughs> it's it's a new mask. Yeah. But 
Yes. I don't remember what we're talking about. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, was, we were talking about like just how wonky these timelines. Oh get yeah. And I mean, just... I, I find that funny. Yeah. Um, cause I, I'm not a, I am a fan and I love watching every movie in a franchise, mm-hmm. but I'm not a fan boy about it. Yeah. I'm, I don't hold a lot of things close to my chest about the movies i'm like look if they if they murder the main character or if they ignore the killer completely and just tell a different story you know yeah i I see where you're coming from like that's actually a pretty healthy way to approach any movie series to be honest yeah because look i've i've seen enough sequels they're never going to do the thing that you want them to do yeah and i understand they can't always get actors back or whatever so i try to look at each movie as its own thing mm-hmm. as its own like a wacky piece of nonsense or the by the time you're in part seven or whatever yeah. and not get mad about it like ruining the integrity of the original Cause, exactly i'm not gonna get mad about leprechaun seven and oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah well i've there's some fun leprechaun sequels. There was one where he just went. It's it's literally like leprechaun in the hood or something that like that. That was the most funniest one. Of <laughs> <ever saw. laughs> the the in the hood duology. Yeah, a lot of yeah. Franchise. I th- feel like a lot of not a lot, but like a few horror franchises have gone that road. Yeah, like well, you Tales know, of the Crypt. They went um, in the hood. I think that was I mean, well, one of them. Tales from the Hood, but that's a different thing. Yeah. But also great. Yeah. No, it was. It was really good. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, because yeah, a lot of killers transplanted into space or into whatever. But oh my God, Jason Ten. Anyway. No, but but the 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 Leprechaun in the Hood and Leprechaun Back to the Hood. There as, was a. S- yeah. Yes. Uh, yep. Yes, oh my. Oh so well, I know what I'm doing later. <laughs> no, <laughs> at, as racially fraught as those movies are. Mm-hmm. Probably the best ones in the whole franchise. <laughs> I'm just glad Warwick Davis found his role, and yeah, like, he, and he owned it. <laughs> did he play in all those? In, um, yes, up until Back to the Hood, which is part six. Um, they, wow, they made a, a prequel, not really type movie called Leprechaun Origins in like 2014 or something, and it starred that wrestler. Uh, oh boy, Seamus. No, the tiny, tiny wrestler. Tiny Hornswoggle. Oh, yeah, that guy. Hornswoggle. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> um, and that is, you know, that's not Warwick Davis. Um, yeah. But all, all the other ones, yes. And, you know, look, that guy's great. Mm-hmm. He deserves every role he can get, and Hollywood's not going to give him a lot. Well, I mean, um, they made a lot of Harry Potters, and he was in... That too. He did a lot of dual roles Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars, yeah. uh, Willow. You know what? I'll be honest with you. I haven't told anybody this before, but Leprechaun was my first nightmare. Oh, that's me. Yeah, that was I mean, my first nightmare. It's a scary concept. Yeah, I don't. It's, blame a, you. it's scary. It's it's pretty good makeup too. Yeah, yeah. That was the and the first one was with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, pre nose job. No shit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, oh, Ice T is in Leprechaun in the Hood as a. <laughs> Mac Daddy Onassis. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I remember I I always used to see the see that video in the video store when there were still video stores. Kids, that that was <laughs> a thing before. Um, but yeah, I always saw that one like front and center in the horror section. Oh, I'm yeah. Like I never like got up the nerve to go get it. I was like, oh, I should have. <laughs> no, all those all those movies are nuts. Yeah. Like part two, there's a plot line about how if if someone sneezes three times and no one says bless you, she ends up married to the leprechaun. What the fuck? Um, 
part three, he goes to Vegas and grants wishes with some magic gold, I guess. Yeah, de- de- demonic spirit mythical things have some weird rules. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then part four is in space, and he is rebirthed out of an astronaut's urethra at one <sighs> point. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I love those movies. I think I vaguely remember seeing that in the store, too, the in space. <laughs> oh, yeah. I highly recommend that one. That is a trashy, good, like a sincere garbage style. Yeah. Ooh, we might have to have you back like, yeah, for that say, one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. on four in space. Hell yeah! There's a there's an evil Nazi scientist named Doctor Mittenhand. Oh my god, <laughs> it's a great movie. <laughs> uh, but uh, God, what was I was like, oh yeah. So in space, that's another one too. Like Jason went to space. I vaguely yeah. remember some of that. I know um, I watched it. It was just that was not my thing. Yeah, I was just like, what the hell is this? And, and you couldn't uh, even be that one in the video game anyway. <laughs> and Pinhead went to space too in Hellraiser. Hellraiser, that's an interesting one too. Where that, does that one fall? It, I guess that, it's de- demonic also. Yeah, but. that's like a paranormal one. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they they do they have recast Pinhead in the last couple ones. And, mm-hmm. You know, not to great avail. But I actually watched the original one because I I it hit me. I never saw the original. Uh-huh. I just seen like the newer ones. The original. I finally sat down and watched that like I think last year. Yeah, that's and a I was great like, movie. Yeah, it's actually really good. I was shocked in how generally creepy it was and how uh, I mean. The way it's shot and like the the effects, yeah, actually, it's, for it's the time hit me. Disgusting, and yeah. Um, no, and and again, like, but it all worked, and I really loved the way it looked, and I was just like, oh, I see why this was a hit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, and because that that movie's from Clive Barker, mm-hmm. who's a famous horror artist and author and film. He does everything, mm. but Clive Barker's the most twisted, like kinky dude you'll ever meet. He's super into like S and M and leather bondage. Oh, uh, okay, that makes more makes sense. Makes total um, yeah. sense. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. But like every like facet of his personality ends up in his movies and his writings, and it, it's very interesting. Like yeah, he, Clive Barker's always that name. The one of those names they always used in oh, yeah. in a movie. I mean, he like he pushes the envelope in a way that is perfect for horror mm. and in like challenging people. What other series has he done? I can't think of anything right now. Um, Series-wise, no. Or other um, movies, I should say. He only did three movies, I think, and Hellraiser's by far the most famous. Yeah. He did one called Nightbreed in 1990. That's pretty good. God, you know the um, too. Goddamn. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, my my friend edited the director's cut of that movie, which is his oh, like, claim to fame. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they released that in like 2014. But if I didn't know about Nightbreed, he'd get really mad at me. <laughs> he did Candyman, too. He wrote Candyman? Oh, he wrote Candyman. He, he didn't direct it, but Candyman is yes. yeah, one of the best that was a good, horror movies. Yes, that was a really That's good horror one. movie. Yeah. Yeah, speaking I of, bet that one's destined for a remake at some point. Oh, they're they're talking about it. They're talking yeah. about having like Jordan Peele produce a remake. Oh, that would that be awesome. That might actually work then. Yeah. Yeah. It could only work if he doesn't, probably. Yeah, true. Um, he's dabbling in like everything though. Oh yeah, he's a busy boy. Well, he's got the Twilight series coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Twi- Twilight Zone. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Twilight Zone. Yeah. Yeah, the he's Twilight taking Zone. over for Stephanie Meyer. And, uh, <laughs> I Speaking of that though, I was at Edwards the other day and they had a trailer for they're doing a revival screening of Twilight for the 10th anniversary of the movie. It's been Is 10 it years. Been 10 years. Like, Excuse me while I take out my dentures. Oh my like, god. Uh, it's it's <laughs> time flies. <laughs> I I had that same instinct when they said like Jurassic Park was it's been 
20 years or 25 years or something yeah. like that. I was like, what? That doesn't seem possible. No, that can't be right. <laughs> oh, but God, it's really been 10 years since all that. I know. Good God. I remember trying to read like the first few pages of it at like at Borders. Again, Borders used to be a uh, bookstore. R. I think. R. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember trying to start reading. I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> Well, okay. Oh, let's wrap up with this. Like, out of like those, you mentioned like Clive Barker and mm-hmm. Stephen King. Like, is, is Clive like at the top? Is Stephen King at the top? I mean, oh, Stephen King's had some crazy ones, but is there one that you consider like this is the guy to go to? Um, in, in terms of like writers, yeah. Or, I mean, honestly, I don't know that a lot of people would agree with me, but I do vote Dean Koontz above Dean all Koontz. else. Um, that's because that's partially probably because of my dad, <laughs> and just because of like that's I grew up with Dean Koontz as a writer. Got it. Um, but for me, I always I find that there's a lot of uh, dichotomies in horror fandom where it's like you know people are like Angels versus Dodgers or whatever. Like you have to be on one side. Uh, did I do the right one? Is that a rivalry? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a rivalry. Yeah, right. yeah you're okay. good. Like, like everyone's either on one <laughs> side or the other. <laughs> yeah. I'm just try- hit me. I'm, I'm like, no, you're good. Language. The sports ball. Don't, don't worry, I don't watch baseball either. Anyway, um, so you got the Coons versus King people, and mm. most people are on Stephen King's side because Coons is is not quite as well respected in general. Yeah, but um, you've got the the Wes Craven versus John Carpenter. That's another one. Yeah, yeah. Craven. Yeah. Scream, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he did, you know, Scream at Elm Street versus Carpenter, who does The Thing and Christine and Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, Carpenter and King, I can both both of them, I can respect a lot, but I find them to be a bit more chilly and like removed from their work. Like they're great technicians. Like King is probably a better writer than Dean Koontz. Mm, okay. And John Carpenter is probably a better film craftsman than Wes Craven. But uh, the fact that they're good, I don't feel drawn into their stuff as immediately. Mm-hmm. I love some of their stuff, but I can't just pick a random one from their filmography and put it on and feel something. Uh, okay, I see what you mean. But like with, with Dean Koontz and Wes Craven, I feel like both of those are creators who crack open their brain and just pour every part of their being and their personality into mm-hmm. what they create. And while it might not necessarily be technically as good in some cases, um, I can feel them wanting me to love it and wanting to inter- like Im- interact with the world and show them like who they are. Mm-hmm. And that's something I respond to a lot more in art than like uh, technique and craftsmanship. Yeah. It's like the feel like their, their hearts in it. Like, the feelings there like i I, yeah. I understand it's it is hard to explain and quantify but yeah. i get where you're going with that um any well i don't think i even asked you this what is your favorite horror movie do I you mean, have one <laughs> i meant to brought it up actually it, it's Wait. the movie wreck the spanish wreck. Movie. oh that's right that's yeah. right okay i mean and then scream Rick and, and scream it's so important to me okay and then uh, oh wait we didn't even get to children of the corn oh boy we, we don't have to <laughs> <laughs> this is my podcast scream 101 we're reviewing all 10 of those movies yeah that was the one where i got like wait there's again again wh- i don't know what's with me like wait there's 10 of these yeah. <laughs> no look that's one that by part two no one was watching yeah it's been quietly coming out in the background for forever yeah i just remember the first one so much because that 
kid who wasn't really a kid. Yeah, Isaac. Oh God, he. I oh, mean, I. I loved every second that he was on screen. No, that's a great <laughs> performance. Yeah. That's something that I've been talking about for nine Children of the Corn reviews of like, I really miss John Franklin as Isaac because he, he's the only reason to watch the movie. Yeah. Because it's not a great movie. No, it just kind of ends from what I remember. Right? Yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's pretty unremarkable. Mm-hmm. But there's one, the opening scene is great. Like the kills in the diner. And then anytime mm-hmm. Isaac is on screen and that's why people remember that movie. And that's why it has nine sequels. Yeah. But that's another thing too. Sometimes people just remember a horror movie because of like one particular moment. Oh yeah. And because the, the parts of the, the memory fade of you sitting through stuff that is underwhelming. Yeah. Like, um, what was that? This one kind of had a revival sleepaway camp. Yeah. No. Well, sleepaway camp, I would argue is a pretty thoroughly great movie. Obviously the twist is what people remember most. But that's a. I remember very some of the kills plot. were like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, yeah. that movie's nasty. Yeah. Uh, wait, you've seen that one, Armena? Sleepaway Camp? No, I haven't. Okay, we won't spoil it for you. Yeah, <laughs> no. You should see. You should see the twist of that. I'll one. have to check that one out then. <laughs> but uh, Brennan, this was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, um, I think we're gonna have to schedule another sincere garbage. We'll go off oh, your recommendation. Do. Okay, I would either recommend. Leprechaun 4. Okay. Or Teen Witch, which I just watched for the first Teen time. W- oh, wait. Is that the one with the... No, is that the one with the rap? Yeah, no. top that. Yes! Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> but there's so much more. Yeah. Oh. I'm tempt- oh. tempted to do Teen Witch. But both... I- I'd-, I'd be willing to do both. But, uh, Brendan, thank you so much oh, for coming for aboard. Um, do you have anything to plug? Because I know you have, a- you have your regular show, but you got some other stuff coming up, yeah. right? Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. Um... I, 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 I co-host a show called Scream 101. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kind of been switching up the format lately, but right now we are doing horror movie franchise marathons. Yeah. So like basically we're, we're running three simultaneously mm-hmm. where every other week we're doing Children of the Corns. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the weeks in between, one of those weeks we're doing The Omen and oh. the other of those weeks we're doing Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, so nice. we're like, we're just doing all these like crazy horror movie marathons and seeing how deep and crazy they get, which, you know, is yeah, a thing I, I, like. I love how thorough you guys are getting with covering all these movies. And then, uh, yeah, you and, uh, Sergio like yeah. score them too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it's super fun. Check that out. Yes. <laughs> um, but also I, I produce a new show, uh, for Blumhouse actually, which is perhaps why I haven't spoken a lot about Halloween because they made the new Halloween. Um, ah. <laughs> but they also, they make The Purge and Get Out and Paranormal Activity and every horror movie that's existed in the past 10 years or so. Oh, wow. Um, they're, you know, they're, it's a it's a great company, but I, I produce a podcast for their podcast network called Attack of the Queer Wolf. It's, um, I'm not a host on it, although I do talk occasionally. Okay. I, I chime in. I'm like, I'm like the Armenta or the like, oh. the producer <laughs> voice. <laughs> hey guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's a, we, we, every week we take a classic to not so classic horror film. Um, and we kind of dissect it from a, a LGBT queer angle. Mm-hmm. Um, like we've done, well, we did do sleepaway camp, oh, um, yeah. but we've done the lost boys and high tension and the hunger. And oh. we just did seed of Chucky, which was really good. <laughs> Chucky. How did we not or get actually, to Chucky? <laughs> actually stay tuned. That one isn't on the feed yet. It's coming. Though. It's coming though. Okay. This will yeah. be out Tuesday. 
It's still, it, it'll be a couple oh, weeks, so we, actually. Okay, okay. Um, we didn't get to Chucky. Well, I guess the we talked about, thing. Yeah, we talked yeah. about possessed things, yeah. yeah. Not come. Yeah, no, but um, it, it's co-hosted by uh, Mark Fortin, who's a screenwriter who wrote my favorite slasher movie of the decade. It's called The Final Girls, mm-hmm. and everyone needs to see it. The Final Girls. Yeah. Okay. And also Michael Kennedy, who's a writer on, he was a writer on Family Guy in Border Town, but now he's doing his own thing. Oh, I really like Border Town. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's really cool. They're, everyone's really smart. And also um, the third co-host, her name is Nay Bever. Um, she... She's not in the industry. She's an artist and activist, and she's worked for a lot of um, like LGBT outreach. She worked with the Trevor Project and things like that. So, <clears throat> like, she brings in two different perspectives. She brings in the like non-industry perspective, but also mm. like a lot about like queer youth and outreach and like just understanding the culture. And it's a really fun show that we were getting some great guests. We're starting to have people like queer luminaries from the horror genre <laughs> like um our very first guest was actually don mancini who wrote all of the child's play movies he oh, wow. created chucky um he, we had him on to talk about the hunger which is this lesbian vampire movie with um david bowie and susan sarandon and Catherine deneuve which is that sounds fantastic wow actually. yeah it's That's... uh it's pretty bonkers yeah um, but to, just this week we had, um, the director of happy death day, Christopher Landon. We had him on to talk about Carrie. He actually, he also directed paranormal activity, the marked ones. Oh really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, I can already see that being added to our men as like podcast queue. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Queer. You said, uh, it's attack of the queer wolf. Attack of the, attack queer, of the queer wolf. Queer wolf. Awesome. Um, find us at Queer Wolf Pod on Instagram and Twitter. But no, it's it's a show I'm really proud of. Um, mm-hmm. It's one I can I feel like I can say that more because I'm less involved in the talking. Mm-hmm. Like I I mean I'm there, <laughs> I'm around. <laughs> but I think we've created a show that's like, you know, not it's not just for queer people. It's for everyone, and it's about yeah. just trying to understand where people are coming from from all walks of life, and. There's a lot of digressions about like the host themselves, and sometimes I join in. Of like mm-hmm. when we talked about Carrie, we talked about our personal prom experiences, and we talked we talked about the movie Teeth. I don't know if you've seen Teeth. I know the premise of it. Yeah, yeah. We we talked about our sex education experience mm-hmm. and how we first learned about gay people and gay sex. Yeah, and what this that actually could be. sounds fascinating. And um, Sleepaway Camp. We talked about our camp experiences. And it's just in like it's a very human show, I think, and it's mm-hmm. also so gross it's super vulgar um oh perfect yeah yeah right down our alley yeah yeah not safe for work but um <laughs> i i think it's so cool and important that because i i think a lot of p- people who are woke or making like woke content mm-hmm. or whatever um they feel like they can't be crude or vulgar because that feels lowbrow or it feels or just a lot of vulgarity humor comes from like the bad side of like animal house culture right. and like frat culture and things like that and a lot of people associate it with like porkies or whatever which is you know movies about people peeping on women in the shower and a lot of really inappropriate yeah it's this weird thing where you have to be attached to propriety and you're just like no like if you really want to dive deep into something like it sounds like you are yeah you have to get to those levels yeah and i I think we prove that it's 
totally possible to be woke and really gross and vulgar and crude. Why and not? Yeah, I'm like all for it. Yeah. That brings normalcy, you know? Like, yeah. why why can't you just talk about it, you know? Yeah, and, and, and it's it's all from a queer perspective, which I think we do have straight listeners. I know it's shocking. but <laughs> Well, you um, just got another one, bud. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Um, but I, I think it's important for everyone. Um, and, like, crudeness from a queer angle doesn't there's not a lot of that in the right. culture like there's some great things that i have seen in love that are that like there's a there's a parody movie called another gay movie which is literally just american pie but with gay kids <laughs> um, <laughs> that's awesome and that movie is great and i love it but you know not a lot of people have seen it necessarily right. especially straight people <laughs> but um there's just totally a space for it and i'm so happy to be part of something that is yeah it sounds like it's another voice another point of view i think yeah. we all need to know like just to be able to understand each other better so yeah. i think like shows like this are extremely important yeah and it's so important to educate yourself about other people's experiences exactly um because that way you maybe won't be a total dick exactly <laughs> just a partial dick because yes n- not ever no one's uh, great <laughs> yeah everyone's working on everything exactly. at all times but I don't know. Seek other voices. Like that's why. I mean, I like. I listen to all the geek shows, and it's not necessary. I mean, you're a super diverse podcast network, which I love. Yeah. But even for me, it's a diversity of opinion, and I don't. I'm not really involved in comic book stuff or mm-hmm. a lot of like the Doctor Who or nerd culture, fan culture stuff. I'm very much on the fringes of that in my little horror bubble. Yeah. But listening to your guys' shows, it's it's really like wow, there is such a world of content and interests and personality that I'm not a part of, but it's so fascinating and so interesting to hear and everyone's important and everyone's interests are important and it's so cool. And that's one thing I've been trying to like do with this show, especially this year is just to branch out into other things that people are very passionate and nerdy about, but I have no idea about that. Like, few episodes ago we dived into k-pop i'm like I oh boy no, yeah oh, i was just one. like that was a different world and then now it's like okay a lot of it makes sense or uh we brought on the uh the, the nutritionist just because yeah like he knew his stuff about this and could actually like enlighten us on like oh this is how you could actually take care of yourself this mm. is what being nerdy about the science of how your body works can serve you yeah and there, there's yeah. so many ways to well, to do literally anything. Yeah. Like, in what I was talking about, ways to be vulgar, in ways to talk about movies, in yes. ways to whatever. But also, there's so many ways to be geeky or nerdy. Mm-hmm. Like, there are people who are nerdy about animal facts. Yeah. Or stamps. Or just whatever. Um, yeah, it's just really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, any social media plugs? or? Oh, um, you can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brens. Mm-hmm. And you can find me on, well, I don't really do instagram i do instagram but it's more of a personal thing but you can find it on at the burning clem mm-hmm. if you really want i don't know i follow you oh thank you <laughs> i do too <laughs> thank you yeah um you can find queer wolf on twitter and instagram at queer wolf pod and scream 101 pod on twitter as well awesome and queer wolf is like it's on itunes and or, yeah, or, it's excuse on, me apple podcast yeah it's apple podcast and stitcher and it's on spotify it's on all the places you can find it pretty much anywhere perfect 
Armena, it's been a while since I've had you in here. What yeah. You, you got anything to plug? Uh, you know, uh, same old. Find me at uh, Twitter and Instagram at SuperfanArmenta, and you can find me on Facebook at David Armenta. Shout out to Lupus.org. Donate to the cause. And if you can, please go out and donate pla- platelets. Uh, they're doing a special out there, so I think if you go and donate platelets, you can get four movie tickets. Um, so, yeah, if you can, please go out and donate. You can donate every seven days up to 24 times a year. And also, too, if you can, please go out and donate... Uh, uh, whole blood you can donate whole blood every 115 days a year and also too um today's the seventh so or i'm sorry today's the ninth 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 of november Jesus. oh gosh uh it's been two weeks until thanksgiving exactly stupid that's insane I mean, yeah i don't think i'll eat till then uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know i really want to shout out the uh veterans so my old man he was a veteran from vietnam and so was my grandpa so yeah um shout out to the veterans yeah happy oh. Veterans Day coming up this Monday. Yeah. Well, by the time this comes out, it'll be yesterday. Yeah. (laughs) But I also want to say I love how you always wave the flag for like lupus awareness and research. Like that's. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's just it's one of those things I was talking about. Like everyone's experience is so different and important, and that's not something that I personally would think about talking about mm-hmm. and it's something that's important to you and i'm so glad you share it with everyone yeah you know it's close to my heart um my beautiful uh late fiance passed away due to lupus complications so as long as i'm on this earth i'm going to try to hopefully just do my do my due diligence and uh just try to help out as much as i can hopefully they can find a cure before i'm not here anymore yeah i, I think everybody should stump for the things that are important to them and tell everyone possible so you're doing a great job this is compliment Corey. oh thank you <laughs> yeah no we had david on it's like we have to give him a platform <laughs> uh, you can find me on instagram at justin malari and on twitter at justin underscore malari uh, geek offensive has its own social media as well with the handle at geek offensive and this show is part of the geek say what network so big shout out to the network again as Brendan was saying, big, diverse network with a lot of great shows. Um, first up, we have Ready, Set, Geek. Uh, oh, yeah, you can find Geek Say What on all social media with the handle, at uh, Geek Say What. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can find it. It's just a website, geeksaywhat.com. But Ready, Set, Geek, your starting land to geek culture, hosted by Alex, uh, JPG, Cole, and Anthony. Uh, we have Geek KO, which, I wait, you've done the trifecta, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, no, I've actually I've never been on Ready Set Geek. Ready Set Geek. Okay, they, they I don't me over there. I don't know if they're uh, JPG or Alex would yeah, be able to do the horror movie. Yeah, no, they, that, they'd that's be the th- problem. I keep yeah. I keep being like, I look. I totally respect people who are scared of horror movies, and it's like I could find you the gentlest, squeakiest, nicest one. They won't I think, do it. Yeah, I was gonna say I think Hocus Pocus might be being a little bit too much for them as well. Yeah, maybe. they will not do it. And I think I was too mean to Cole when I was in End Boss on Geek. Mm, you can't be mean enough to Cole. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> He's got tough skin. He's, he's so he's... tall. Like, <laughs> I just can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, I guess that, that that kind of explains why. Yeah, Ready Set Geek wouldn't be the best fit for that. <laughs> um, what else do we have? Oh yeah, so we have two new shows on the horizon. We have DGIF, uh, Diverse Geeks in Focus, hosted bleh, hosted by Alex and uh, Gemma Vidal. Um, they'll be focusing on a lot of the topics you were talking. about. I was going to say, have you been exactly. on that show? Yeah, I think uh, you'd be. No. Okay, we're, we we got to tell Gemma. Be like, hey, have Please. Brendan on. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, um, right up your alley. Like again, 
it'd be directly related to what Queer Wolf is doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so definitely check them out. Um, they've been recording. I just don't know when the release date is. Hopefully before the end of the year. Yeah, and I've same, been keeping an eye on that. I'm really excited for that show. Yeah, me too. Um, especially after I had her on, I was just like, okay, we we got to have this show. Mm. Uh, and then RP Geek Allegories, uh, hosted by JPG, um, also on the horizon as well. Again, hoping those two shows come up before the end of the year, so keep an eye out. Uh, shout out to our associate producers, Wayland Productions. You can find them at wayland.ws. They uh, provide the space for us, let us use their equipment. They help us sound great. Um, you can also uh, support their new, not new, I've been plugging it for over a year. They have, a new, they have an audio drama available on Alpha called Where Live Frontier, so please go check that out. Zombie movies. We didn't even get to zombie yeah. movies. And I love zombie movies. Yeah, God, me too. That was, okay. Anyway, next time. Yeah, yeah we'll have to get sure. back on. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, finally, jordandene.com. That's jordan, D-E-N-E.com. They are our geek apparel sponsor out of Brooklyn, New York. They help you look nerdy, and they're eco-friendly. And if you shop with the promo code GEEKSAYWHAT, you get 20% off your next purchase. So buy a shirt, you heathens. And I believe that's everything, Brennan. Thank I, you I, so much. Thank you. I do have one last thing to say. Oh, yeah. Is that on. watching you go through those ad reads and stuff? Mm-hmm. You're totally blown Geek K.O. out of the water. Because <laughs> that's the show I've been on the most. And Justin and Ish always have their laptops out with the script that they're watching. And you just did it no scope. You have no screen. <laughs> you just know it. Right off so, the cuff. Good work. Yeah, thank you. Been doing it weekly. And I've been doing it weekly and I still fuck it up sometimes. But thank you. Oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> uh, don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe to join the offensive. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.